for listening to WMNF Tampa. And support for WMNF comes from listeners like you and USF Safety Florida, committed to reducing work-related illnesses and injuries for Florida's small business. Information and consultation appointments are available at usfsafetyflorida.com. Here comes the sun, doo-doo. here comes the sun, I say it's alright. Hello and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF, Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11 we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. And today we are talking with Mr. Brian Beckman, the current chair of the Suncoast Sierra Club. And your host today are myself, Kenny Coogan, and the astonishing Annie Ellis. Oh, I'm astonishing today. I love that. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. You are too. And, uh, of course, we have Mr. Bill Grace working the boards today. We're going to be talking about Maybe. balancing people, profit, and planet today. And, uh, Annie, did you do anything exciting this Well, week? I've been gardening like a fiend. I have a cousin I haven't seen in... Uh, 35 years, and she's going to come over. There's nothing like having somebody that's going to come over, and she says, we want to see your beautiful garden. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's winter garden. So I have just been working to death, and it's wonderful. I feel so great when I do it. I don't know why I resist sometimes. So that's it. I've just been working seven hours a day in my garden. Yay. (laughs) That's always pleasant. It is pleasant to me. This week on uh, Bill Myers HBO show, he has the, that last segment called New Rules, which is like the last 10 minutes. And I watched TV. And it was about climate change. Oh. And he said what hasn't worked in the past 50 years is asking people to be good. Exactly. The verdict is in humans are not good people. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, now I need to, I mean, I'm sure they fact check it, but he said scrolling on your phone for a day can use more energy than using a refrigerator. Oh, wow. But nobody's going to be giving up their phone. Yeah. And then he went on to say that my name is Bill Maher and I fly private. And that oh. was like a big, he's, he's always mentioned that how he flies private, but he's also. That's a guzzler. He, he's on uh, like the PETA board and he's, you know, he, he an environmentalist that. and all these things. And then he says, but so does every other person who calls themselves an environmentalist who can. And then he said, now enjoy this phone photo collage of stars and politicians who speak about the need to reduce your carbon footprint, but who are always on private jets. And then the listing, the list went on for a long time. Four minutes. Yeah. It was Matt Damon, George Clooney, Mark Zuckerberg, Oprah, Taylor Swift, Kylie Jenner. Wow. John Kerry, Drake, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, uh, Bono. Beyonce, uh, Jay-Z, President Bill Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and it just went on and on and on and on. And it was sad. (laughs) Well, it is interesting, though, like what you just said, you know, the people, we really have to make the effort and just to mouthpiece it is not working. There should be some sort of a restrictions, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm like that. Well, specifically for Bill Maher, he does his live show. Mm Mm-hmm. In LA, and at like eight o'clock on Fridays, and then he's doing a live stand-up at ten p.m. in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So how else? How else are you going to book those gigs, right? Right. The private jet. But it, so he does his live show with people there, so it has to be he has to be there. Well, he just does. He doesn't have to do two shows a night. 
Well, that's true. <laughs> it could be rescheduled. Yeah. yeah. But then that's a lot of money he's going to be losing if he doesn't do well, that. Well, exactly. Yeah, it does come down to that, doesn't it? Money. People have to make the effort in a certain way, uh, and they, you know, may lose uh, some some cashola in the interim. Mm-hmm. But it's, I know everything is like that. I think. Yeah, I saw this ad for I don't know who they were, but it said it was a picture of a tree, and it said "Planet over profit." But the problem with that is that people do need money to live. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you you have to make a, a some sort of a. Um, a compromise, right? Well, that's what the definition of sustainability is. You have to balance the people and the profit and the planet. Yeah, yeah. It is a, it is a delicate balance. You have to be a good juggler. So, uh, Annie, how often have you flown private? <laughs> Twice. <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> well, it was a long time ago, though, when I was, very, <laughs> when I was hot and good looking. <laughs> um, Bill Maher said there's two types of people, those who fly private and those who wish they could. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, it is different. I mean, it's just like going to first class. First class is definitely (laughs) pleasurable. It is, especially if you go on long flights, you know, like to another country, uh, because it's so much more room and you can go to sleep and it's just a lot better. But, you know... It's what it is. I went on one of those real cheap flights. I will never <laughs> go on that again. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, oh we're going to be having an environmentalist, uh, Louisia. Louisia? Sure. Louisia? <laughs> a Louisa. Louisa? Lewis. Okay. And she was talking about all these uh, fees and fines for people who are, like companies who are polluting right. or people who are fly, flying private and blah, blah. But there also needs to be like an incentive for people who are doing good. I, I don't oh, like a payback. So they should pay us. If they're doing bad, then they should pay <laughs> us for doing good. Is that what you're saying? I well, like I just idea. don't know how effective <laughs> it is to uh, just be punishing people. Well, I see. It's, it's all negative. Yeah, there's no positive in that. But, you know, honestly, there probably should be a, a, a carbon payoff, you know, on that. I mean, for whatever, because I know people do pay into uh, for doing things. You know, if, if it was more uh, lined up like that, then they could pay into helping. And that would help another arena. I mean, you know, we could get more uh, land bridges and stuff for, uh, for animals or mm-hmm. whatever it is, you yeah. know. I think that's a great idea. I think this is also in line. That we should just run the world. That's what I think too, because it's in line with all these giant corporations and rich people saying that you need to pay your taxes. Right. And but then they have such a great tax guy. Exactly. They just pay zero. Like, what was it? Who was the guy? Oh, I can't think of his last name this very second. But Trump. No, no, not him. I don't even like to say his, that's the guy that we don't like to say his name. No, it's another guy. I can't think of his name. But anyway, he's an old guy. He has a lot of money. He's not going to leave any to his kids. And and he said, he's the one that said, I pay less taxes than my secretary. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Buffett. Yeah. Yes, Warren, Warren Buffett. Buffett. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, Warren Buffett. That's and, why we and, keep you around, Bill. That's right. <laughs> he's on it. <laughs> Mr. Encyclopedia. <laughs> but but so, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, just if you, again, have more money, then you can hire those guys to find all those loopholes, which there really shouldn't be a lot of loopholes. And if you have more money, you have more responsibility, or you have the ability to have more responsibility and right. to make you can bigger make, change. You can make donations to things, and you yes. can do more for. And, you know, and, and the more 
I mean, it just turns into this few percentage of people that are the wealthy in the world. And it just gets more and more divided. It does all the time. But I love the idea that uh, people that use more carbon or do more things like that and the private jet that they pay into something. I love that idea. Yes. So speaking of that, okay. we're going to be talking about the environment today oh, right and the Sierra You're so Club. Smooth. <laughs> and we have Brian Beckman, the current chair of the Suncoast Sierra Club, and he's part of the executive committee. And Anna, you want to introduce him? Sure, I can do that. Uh, let's see. Brian's the current chair of the uh, Suncoast Sierra Group Executive Committee. Suncoast Sierra is a volunteer organization serving Pinellas County, protecting green spaces, keeping our water and air clean, and supporting the movement to clean energy. Since Brian joined the Sierra Club, he has led various Sierra Ready <clears throat> for 100 campaigns across P Pinellas County, working with cities and the government to set clean energy goals and implement solutions to reach those goals. Thanks for being on the program, Brian. Welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Good. Love your voice. You have this gravelly <laughs> voice. That's great. I do too. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I, I looked it up, the Sierra Club, and I was really surprised it's been around for so long. Yes, yes, it has. Uh, John Muir uh, started it a long time ago, and we've come a long way since then. It's a big uh, grassroots volunteer organization, uh, especially so here in Pinellas. You know, I, when I... When I was thinking about it, I was thinking, well, you know, I think of forests. And, and then when I looked it up, it was about like they joined together to be able to do hiking clubs, uh, groupings, you know, originally. And then they started working with the government to be able to make changes to protect it. So what's going on now? Well, uh, you know, across the, the county here, again, is, is our focus, is our Suncoast group. Concentrates mm -hmm. uh, on... Uh, uh, clean energy has, uh, has been a big topic here over the last few years. Um, we can talk about that a little bit more here to, uh, on specifics, but that's a big area for us getting uh, cities, the county to set goals. And like I heard in the uh, introduction there, uh, try to uh, take steps to meet those goals. Um, but we also get uh, involved extensively regarding uh, conservation, uh, so conservation of land uh, here in the county, a variety of things that we have worked on, uh, continue to work on for that kind of uh, preservation of existing green spaces. Um, and for clean water, you know, we've got uh, here in Pinellas, we're certainly susceptible to things like red tide. So it's a area of a lot of uh, a lot of attention's needed there. So uh, with all those that you just listed, I mean, we can go through each single one, but just in the broad sense of it, um, does that mean that you're going in uh, in government situations to be able to help change laws? And, and how are you doing that? Yeah, um, you know, so locally, you know, that's done any changes is through an ordinance, but many times it could be, let's say, through our Ready for 100 is getting res resolutions adopted um, and then having plans built around that. So, you know, we try to build relationships with both elected officials in our uh, cities and county as well as staff members um, trying to learn from each other um, 
And I think a great example of that uh, that I've seen here over the last few years is a number of cities, I'm not sure of the uh, current count, maybe it's like six or seven or eight, have banded together to form, to form basically a coalition of their sustainability uh, teams to learn from each other. Um, and, you know, that's been an outcrop of I feel anyway, uh, through our conversations that we've had with those sustainability coordinators and learning from each other. So are these elected officials or are volunteers as sustainability coordinators? It's both. Um, I mean, as far as the coalition that I, that I mentioned, mm -hmm. it's uh, sustainability coordinators uh, and staff. Um, but we engage a lot with elected officials because um, you know, a lot of decisions are put before them, even though sustainability teams within a municipality might recommend something at the end of the day, it's up to elected officials to decide um, if and how they adopt those. So that's a position sustainability coordinator uh, in uh, different governments, local governments? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I term it as a sustainability team broadly because there could be for any given city, depending upon size and attention to sustainability, you may or may not have a sustainability coordinator. You might have a sustainability manager, director, et cetera, a, a lot of different uh, variations of size, structure, level of yeah. position. I guess it yeah. depends on the town too or city. Well, it, yeah, and one of the things uh, to me that's been exciting and very important is we've started to see in the county uh, energy manager positions created. And it couldn't be more important for realizing goals to reduce carbon emissions and electricity costs, uh, for instance, or energy costs. And having that level of focus of having a position that from... Uh, as, as I would promote it, um, they are one of the staff members on any municipal staff that can save the city money um, and can deliver much more than what it is their position, you know, uh, requires from a, a pay standpoint. So that, that gets their attention when you start talking about saving them that, money. That's what I was going to yeah, say. Really? I was going to ask you, like, how do you lobby the cities to set the goals because... In the intro, we were kind of talking about how Bill yeah. Maher was saying, when you say, hey, we can save the planet and it's going to make you live longer and healthier, people come back with, well, what's in it for me? Yeah. <laughs> even, even though, obviously, we want to live longer and healthier. Right, but they, they're talking about money. Yeah. yeah it's, is, it's, is it's that a mean both. thing, Brian? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really both. Um, you know, we definitely spend a big percentage of our time talking about the cost savings now. You know, you know what? I don't know, uh, 10 years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case. Certainly when it comes to things like solar, for instance, um, uh, cost a lot more 10 years ago than what it does now. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely a lot of those same pieces of technology that deliver carbon reductions also now deliver big savings. And so, you know, just taking solar as a, as a example, I think we all now have a, a greater understanding of, of that, but still um, there's new things that come along to continue to drive down those costs, um, as including like the inflation, the inflation Reduction Act that now is available for municipalities 
just like um, individuals, uh, that they can take advantage of 30% uh, savings, um, not through you know tax filings, but through other means, um, essentially through a rebate. That's new through the Inflation Reduction Act. So that makes it even more attractive for cities to, to do that. Wow, I like that idea. I just paid my electric bill. It was very large. <laughs> Do you think, Brian, that the government officials are also thinking about optics? Because our old co-host, Tanya, she, she tried to run for mayor on like a green platform. And then all the business people said, no, this is going to be bad for business because it's yep. there's fa- fees. They beat fa- her down so bad. So... I'm just interested in the lobbying aspect. Like, how do you get in there? How do you the change? Niche. How do you change their minds? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I, th- I think it starts with conversations that build over time. So, it, I, you know, my experience has found, and I've definitely learned through, uh, you know, negative experiences this way early in in my uh, meeting with elected officials. Um, we have not been successful going in and just saying you know, trying to pound our fist, this is the way things should be done. Um, We try to go in and listen to uh, understand what are the priorities of this city, of each elected official, and then uh, share information, uh, especially learnings of what other cities are doing, especially, again, like we've been uh, talking about now, the dollar savings. One, One example of of taking other people's work and sharing that is with our Pinellas County uh, schools. And so they did something that hadn't been done, at least to, to my knowledge, at, that, at this large scale um, around here. They partnered with a third party to save multiple millions of dollars on their energy bill by really hyper-monitoring, you know, air conditioning, all kinds of things across their 100 plus buildings that they have. And uh, that was something that other cities took notice of. Um, An example that I have, I live in Clearwater. And so the city of Clearwater employed the same third party and they're on their way to um, uh, achieving similar savings. So getting people's attention to those, that was was an easy example that I saw elected officials go, yeah, that's easy for us to do that. But at the same time, we're saving, uh, we're reducing carbon emissions significantly. I need to monitor mine for sure. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, well, I need to have some sort of a little alarm that goes <laughs> off when it gets too cold or too hot in my house or something, or that I'm using too much electricity because I like a lot of light. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, I wanted to, before we do, I wanted to uh, go back and ask you, what is ready for 100? Yeah, so it's a, it's part of a national program that Sierra Club has had since um, maybe 2015 um, that says that we're ready for 100% clean energy. Oh, um, okay. 100% uh, clean energy. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Brian, can you talk about how you first initially got involved with the Sierra Club? Yeah, it was really through that Ready for 100 program. I, I retired um, after 30 years working for a, a food company, and I was focused uh, as part of my job on driving down costs every day. My uh, working in information systems was driving down uh, costs through productivity. 
So I've always been interested in that and saw that Sierra Club had this Ready for 100 program and they had these, you know, well-documented approaches to do these things that I've been talking about as far as engaging uh, stakeholders uh, locally. And that's how I really got attracted to Sierra Club. Um, and it's been it's been a ton of fun and a huge amount of learning. You learn something new mm-hmm. all every day. So, yeah, we usually learn from, like you said, the hard parts are the ones we really learn from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and nowadays, especially, um, things are just readily available to be able to take tools or technology and apply those to achieve the reduction in emissions as well as dollar savings. So it's it's not like it's it's not like it's complicated or some big technical challenge. These things are readily available now. Now we say Sierra Club. Can you tell us what the club aspect is? Are people volunteers? Are they hired as part of the Sierra Club? How do you join yeah, so, the Sierra Club? Sure. Um, so we as uh, we're called the Suncoast Group. So all the local groups are called groups and ours is named Suncoast. And so we're all volunteer. Um, we have, a, you know, relationship, I guess I'll call it with um, the Florida uh, Sierra Club chapter, uh, which is state. And those, there's various people there that are um, employees of Sierra Club. And so they support us in, in variety campaigns. So for instance, Ready for 100 was one of those campaigns that would support us on when needed. And so uh, as far as volunteering goes and uh, checking us out, you can go to uh, Sierra Club website, Suncoast, and uh, learn all about us there and sign up there. So is there, uh, so you're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, Suncoast, uh, there's, is there a Sierra Club uh, in Tampa or, I mean, is there all different counties that have their own or how does that work? Yeah, throughout the state, it doesn't mean necessarily in, in every county, but certainly in Hillsborough, uh, you know, there for Santa Soda, Manatee, up there in the panhandle, all over the, the state. So what would you do? Do you go to the uh, the statewide Sierra Club webpage and then l- like look for your county? Is, how does, is that the yes. way it works? Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You can learn uh, and find out what are all the different groups that we have that make up uh, Sierra Club Florida. Oh, very good. Okay. All right, we want to remind listeners that this is the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Today's guest is Brian Beckman, the current chair of the Sunco Sierra Group Executive Committee. If you want to be part of the conversation, give us a call at 813-239-9663, or you can send us an email at dj at wmnf.org, and we will read it on air. We have some calls there. Should we take that? Uh, these are fake calls. Fake but, calls. <laughs> but we do have an email, which I haven't proofed yet, but I will okay. do it in real time. Okay. David says, thanks for a great show today. I recently read that the person who occupies the Florida governor's office um, wants to the state pension system to get rid of ESG considerations when managing pension funds. What's that? Yes. And uh, Brian, do you know what that's about? I do not know what that's about. ESG. Oh. Huh. I'm going to have to look that up. 
I usually pay attention to that stuff, yeah. but I don't know what that is. It stands for Environmental Social Governance. Oh, okay. I, I guess I wasn't uh, yeah familiar with the acronym. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard uh, about that. Unfortunately, Florida isn't the only one uh, that has considered things like that. I think it has to do with, you know, these different various funds that um, it could be, you know, city, state, I guess in this case, state, um, uh, have money with that support and fund pensions. And so um, which ones that they decide to, uh, you know, uh, continue to, to use to support those uh, pensions. And some of those, I forget the names, so I won't try to come up with them here. Some of them um, uh, include some parameters, I guess, make parameters or goals that um, try to achieve different uh, social goals, including environmental goals. Um, and uh, so I think that's part of what um, maybe in this case, the governor is saying we don't want companies that do that. I bet you they, they just put in the word environmental and social and take off anyone that, <laughs> that clicks into that as far as this guy goes. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I mean, what I have seen uh, as a result of that, I've seen some of those funds change, you know, uh, I think some of their official wording and I've seen things in, in the press that says, Hey, you know, we aren't all about those things. It's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, yeah, a, it's broader, uh, right? Yeah. 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 But it gets, gets so narrowed down. I mean, you know, he just appointed uh, six far right guys uh, on the board uh, for a new college, which is a, a very liberal arts college. Uh, so I just see that going in the same direction, but you know, I could go on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, can you talk a little bit more about how you uh, work for or towards the conservation of land? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, there there isn't that much land uh, left in Pinellas County that is, um, you know, has not been developed. And so uh, the county has a list. I'm, I'm not familiar in detail with the list, but I know there's, there's a list there that they're continually, continually looking at to try to see what might make sense to uh, fund, maybe to purchase, you know, so in other words, these are not pieces of property that um, the county or, or maybe it's somebody locally owns um, a local municipality. So one prime example that'll go back here a couple of years ago in Dunedin, there is a piece of property called uh, the Gladys Douglas property. Yes, that was that was a whole big effort by many groups. You know, mm -hmm. Sierra Club is just one uh, group involved with that um, to band it together to try to bring awareness and attention and donations, and uh, through the combination of, I guess I would broadly describe it as public private. Um, it is now preserved. It's so, a beautiful space, too. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of, and and you know, I guess it's 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 a continuous reminder that people appreciate green spaces yeah. um, for a variety of reasons and are willing to stand up for those spaces. It's so. interesting because, you know, unless people are aware of it, uh, all of a sudden they'll go, oh my God, that's gone. 
you know, but yeah. they didn't know anything about it. So it's really great that it's kind of up to people that are in the know to be able to bring that to the public's eye so something can be done before it's too late. Because I find a lot of things, you know, people go, well, I wish I'd known, uh, but they just, they didn't. So it's wonderful that, you know, you guys can find out about that list uh, of what they're thinking about funding, you know, for each county. I wonder why that's not public. Uh, you know, it probably is public. I mean, if there's a list, uh, I bet you, for at least well, for Pinellas County, the list I'm thinking of, it'd be public. Um, but it gets to be a matter of prioritization and money, right. of course. So, um, it uh, while it might be a great list um, to um, have in front of you, it's another matter to try to, you know, preserve all those in a timely manner. Very good. All right, Brian, we're going to take a quick break because we have uh, Angie on the line. And Angie's going to be talking about a manatee festival that's happening. Hi, Angie. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for calling. Can you, you have a couple of minutes. Can you just tell us your event and, and how it's helping the manatees? Absolutely. This Saturday is our annual Manatee Fest event at Manatee Lagoon and FPL Eco Discovery Center in Riviera Beach, South Florida. And what's so special about this is the entire theme of the festival is dedicated to manatees and sustainability. In fact, the event last year won the Florida Festivals and Events Association's Sustainability Award out of 300 events in the entire state. Very good. Congratulations. Thank you. you Out of all the ones we won, and I was like, that was the one, was the sustainability award. So basically everybody who's interested in coming can expect family-friendly fun. The entire theme is marine life and teaching people of all ages from, you know, 2 to 222 about manatees and local waterways, teaching children in a fun way about how to keep waterways clean, teaching them about the importance of preserving and protecting the iconic marine mammal of our state and their habitat, and just making sure that everything we do ties into the bigger, broader picture of, you know, it's fun, but it's also educational. We have coastal chats. We have games. Um, these presentations, coastal chats that I just referred, are basically marine experts like Save the Manatee Club, the Lake Worth Lagoon Water Keepers, those types of, you know, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. So anybody who comes out can expect to have a good time, but also, we hope that they leave with a more interesting and more, you know, unique position of what's actually happening right now to manatees. So, where is that located exactly? We are at Manatee Lagoon. It's an FPL Eco Discovery Center. That's our long former title. We're based in Riviera Beach, and we are one of those facilities where people can come visit and during the cold winter weather see a lot of manatees. In fact, I was just out there five minutes ago. We uh-huh. 15 on site, swimming around, you know. Bless Do you, you have an exact uh, uh, address? Of course. Okay. We're at 6000 North Flagler Drive in West Palm Beach. And it's one of these places where, you know, it's a free facility to visit. People can come all year. We're open every day. And uh, we hope people come visit, not just for Manatee Fest, but at any time to see them. Yeah, that would just be a nice warm-up for them to be able to learn where it is. That's right. Thank you so much, Angie, for calling in. 
Uh, oh, wait a minute. Wait, I'm not oh, done. Oh. <laughs> so is there a, a web page or an, uh, any kind of a, a online um, identification for them to go to? Manatee Absolutely. Fest. Absolutely. Visit manatealagoon.com slash manatee fest. So okay. Our website is visitmanatealagoon.com slash manatee fest. Thank you so much Thank for calling. You. Appreciate Thank it. Good you. luck on Have the day. Great. Thank you. Now, Annie asked because she writes up the show I notes. I do. And I she need to know the, the information. That's, That's good. right. <laughs> All right, uh, Brian, we have a couple of calls and maybe some emails. But first, we're going to take Dan in Seminole. And he has some questions about green spaces in Pinellas. Hi, Dan. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for calling. Do you have a question for Brian? Yeah, I just want to make sure. I, uh, uh, is the Sierra Club aware of uh, about 300 acres of... Uh, of green space land may be available that's contiguous to Millennium Square Park, which is country club that's been sitting vacant for five years. Uh, I'm for, isn't there a golf course that or used to be a golf course? Is that yeah. the one that you're saying? Is yeah. that the Tides golf course? Yeah, and it's contiguous to Millennium Square Park. I, I would think this is just one of the most, you know, opportune pieces of property for the county to buy mm. and make it part of the park system. And replant yeah. it, I guess. Replant it, because if it's a golf course, there's nothing there but green. You know, yeah. I would even, I would just, I'd rather have even a golf course instead of houses, but it's a beautiful yeah. piece of land. Kayaking, when you look north, uh, north, you think you're in a tropical paradise and you look south on the water and you see all the houses. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, piece of land that needs to be saved. Yeah. And I hope the Sierra Club's aware of that. Well, yeah, I I am aware of it. I don't know where it stands in the priority um, from a, a county uh, perspective, so I'll have to follow up on that. Thank you, Brian. That's pretty good. Appreciate you bringing it to our attention, and thank you for following through. So, Brian, could you talk about how you or the government assess the priority yeah, of that's a good idea. land conservation or water conservation? Like what are well, some that, measurements you look yeah, at? How or, do you step it up to number one or whatever? Yeah, you know what? That is a great question that I don't have a good answer to. Um, as you know, any kind of uh, formula. Um, I, I think what you're asking for is something that, um, and maybe it's in place, and I just don't know it um, because this is not my sweet spot of my personal uh, experience. We we tend to get SCR Club, uh, get drawn in where there's local community activists that are really pursuing uh, the, in this case for land, uh, preservation. Uh, There's been some properties or are some properties up there in Tarpon Springs, for instance, um, like the Anclo River uh, piece of property that's up there. Um, And so, and there's and there might be well there are some that that the school board of the county owns that we um, you know try to help uh, assist residents in that area as well as uh, you know continue conversations around that with our relationships with uh, staff members uh, again so I mean they they tend to be my loose knowledge on that front is. Uh, get brought to our attention by local residents, and then we engage people from there. 
That's uh, interesting because you follow the drama. <laughs> the, the little yeah, stuff, I mean, fire it, starts it, and you guys try to put the fire out. <laughs> yeah, in a way, I mean, it, that is, it, it's a, a real reactionary. Um, you know, these things now, they, they don't happen overnight. Um, and as far as the problem, the opportunity or the solution. Um, so usually these things are many months um, the tides, I think, is an example of that that I've seen. Uh, uh, Gladys Douglas was was one. It was probably a good year of time, maybe even more than that, when it was under consideration before um, someone like me might have gotten information on it that, w- that we were really going to become active on it. Now, earlier we were talking about saving money, and in Brian's spare time, he enjoys helping residents, small businesses, nonprofits, and churches reduce their energy bills and carbon footprint. So, uh, Brian, how do you assess these things, and how do you manage those savings? Yeah, um, so I'll give you an example. Just yesterday, yesterday I was at a church here in Clearwater, and we started replacing their four-foot fluorescence with LEDs. Um, and so those are, uh, you know, through relationships with people um, because it's all volunteer. Um, it's all um, donated, uh, you know, light bulbs, all that kind of stuff. So the approach in, that, that I follow there in that example is um, working with somebody that could benefit, is interested, and uh, can save them, you know, money. Uh, is You know, there's obviously the environmental aspect of it, but uh, like you were talking about earlier, the money part certainly makes a initial difference in those conversations. Um, so, like doing that, um, it's funny because as you were talking here earlier before uh, you brought me on, I'm listening to the flight conversation and I'm taking, okay, we installed this many light bulbs yesterday. <laughs> at that and what's the carbon footprint that we're saving? Yeah. And I can put yeah. that to the number of flights mm-hmm. and we're gonna, that, that it was equivalent for one year's worth of carbon reduction, equivalent to five flights. Wow. So, that's so interesting. Yeah, uh, and a so, big number. Yeah, big number. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. at that number. Yeah, so I I wish that the that the LED light bulbs would come up with a soft pink color <laughs> because I use all regular uh, pink light bulbs in my house, and I know that's taking a lot of energy, but I just can't bear to give that up. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the the glow is just beautiful, but it's not it's not available in the. LED light bulbs yet? Oh, really? I was yeah. going to say, you know, I, I, uh, I don't have any of these, but I know that they exist. Uh, the LED light bulbs that you can control it on your phone and you can set it to be just about any color that you want it to be. Really? Oh. They have it at a fish store, like a aquarium store. Like the LED light bulbs that yep. are pink, pale pink? Yeah, well, you, like uh, Brian was saying, you can change it. You can make it look like it's a thunderstorm. You can make it pink, so purple. So all of my lamps, I can do that with? Well, See, that doesn't sound I right. I that. think it's good. <laughs> Plus, my house is 100 years old, so mm, Bill, I don't know. Bill thinks you can, but if you, you have a, oh. especially like those four-foot-long ones. So, Brian, when you say that you're talking to people, are you or the Sierra Club or a combination are you reaching to local companies? Are you reaching to national companies asking on behalf of the church or the nonprofits, can we get a donation or 
How does that it's work? All, yeah, it's all just through word of mouth. And sometimes it might be Sierra Club contributing a small amount. I mean, I'll, I'll give you another example. This is at, a, at another church where uh, they're doing a great combination of, of uh, first, helping them out, changing out their light bulbs. Second, they installed solar last year. The, the biggest solar array uh, on a church certainly in the area and it was part of the solar co-op last year so it would in that case just a matter of getting uh folks there at that uh at that church uh acquainted with last year's solar co-op in the county and then they took it from there and now working with them to install two ev chargers and so in the last example um Sierra Club, our group, is uh, providing a, a small grant to help out with those EV chargers, and also some additional donations will help. And, and like I was mentioning earlier, the Inflation Reduction Act applies um, both to the EV charger as well as to the solar itself, because like I was mentioning earlier with cities, that they can take advantage of uh, the uh, savings in the Inflation Reduction Act. Nonprofits and churches can now as well. So you're saying EV is electric vehicle charger, right? Yeah, those plugins. That's right. Okay. Yep. yep. So can you talk also about, we're just so fascinated by your volunteerism and yeah, all the work so you're doing much. for the environment. So can you talk about your net zero home? Yes, I'm excited to hear about that. And I, the listeners are too, because we want to save money, but we also want to save the planet. Right, if you can yeah. do it in your own home, that's the way to go. Yeah, I, and so this is an example um, of just looking for what's available to you uh, and then applying it. And so... Um, the things this Saturday, for instance, at uh, a Clearwater sustainability uh, event that the city is hosting, I'll talk about uh, simple things again, about installing insulation in my attic. It might not seem like when you're in a uh, warm climate that insulation matters. It certainly does when it comes to air conditioning and you get uh, essentially discounts or rebates through Duke Energy here for us um, in Pinellas. Uh, installing something up in my attic that was called a that is called a, a radiant barrier. It's the same technology as what you put in the windshield of your car, and it reflects radiant heat to keep your attic cooler. Um, did you install so, that, or did you have did. A, you agreed yeah. to do it by yourself? Yep, I was, I'm able to stand up in a good part of my attic, and I was able to do that. Yeah, I can barely um, crawl in mine. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I meant like, were you capable of doing it yourself, or if you needed to right, outsource it? Wasn't a professional it. uh, guideline. Like yeah, it's like a foil that you roll out and you just staple it up there on the rafters, cool. and it reflects things out. Uh, and then. Uh, the biggest savings uh, for energy efficiency in my home was through uh, a hot water heater, replacing that, replacing an electric one with a heat pump. Um, and that's a, yet another example of what's available through the Inflation Reduction Act for uh, discounts, either through income tax credits or through rebates. And so I, I installed a Nifty app on my phone here in the last couple of weeks um, that goes along with the hot water heater. I've had the hot water heater for like four years or so, and I knew it was saving me electricity and money. But 
I got this app that I can track exactly the energy that it's consuming. And you can see it costs me about between if I would pay for my electricity, which I don't because I have solar, but if I did, it would cost me between 50 and $75 to uh, use that hot water heater and which is significantly lower than other hot water heaters. So those are some examples. Uh, And then of course, I have solar um, and I have two electric cars. So um, it's fun to realize, again, the savings for the fuel that I put into those cars through uh, essentially my solar and solar savings. Uh, and the thought that I can um, have all everything be run in my house through electricity, through the solar panels, and also fuel the cars is a is a great feeling, um, as well as the dollar savings on it are significant. So yeah, it just makes you feel good about what you did too. You know, uh, you mentioned an event that you have this weekend, and I just skimmed right over that. What was that event? Yeah, so it's a it's the third uh, annual Clearwater Sustainability Conference, and so the city of uh, Clearwater puts it on. I was referring to their sustainability uh, department there which is a fantastic one uh, in Clearwater. It's this Saturday, February 4th. And it's from, it starts at 9.15 and it goes to 12.30. It's at the Clearwater Morningside Recreation Complex, which is the address is 2400 Harn Boulevard. And they'll be talking about energy efficiency. I'll be doing that part. They'll be talking about solar. They'll be talking about financing, which is, you know, really important. I'm really excited yeah. that they included that as well as they'll have electric vehicles uh, that they'll be talking about as well as on display. That's so, wonderful. Well, that sounds like a great event, and you're going to be there to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, that's no, wonderful. Got, so people can meet you in person. Hiya. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have some, speaking of events, we have a few that we'd like to uh, go ahead and talk about. Uh, and uh, in uh, on February 4th, 9.45 a.m., micro-irrigation workshop in person at the Hillsborough County Extension Services. Another one uh, there is at 11 a.m., Rainwater Harvesting Workshop in person. And then there's another one right uh, on um, at 8.30 a.m. That was the first thing they had that day, is the composting workshop in person. And all these things, they give you things uh, when, right. to leave with. I think, a, you know, they'll give a rain you... rain barrel, micro-irrigation, Yeah, all compost. these different uh, bits and bits. And one, this sounds really good to me, in February, February 16th, there's going to be a spring vegetable gardening in person at the extension services as well. So you can go to Evite. That's the way I get that and uh, put in, uh, I have gardening, so it automatically just comes up for me. And I have one more event. It's Urban Roots Garden Supply, which is in Carrollwood. They're having their annual customer appreciation day where there's going to be uh, vegetable vendors and houseplant vendors, but also there's a big discount on things so you can start growing hydroponically or you can start growing stuff indoors. Oh, that's wonderful. And I will be there. <laughs> yes. Our uh, expert <laughs> carnivorous plant person, he knows everything about carnivorous plants. All right. So, Brian, we have a f- few minutes left. Can you talk about what opportunities you see local governments, not just in Pinellas, but maybe for the state, uh, what they should be implementing to reduce carbon emissions or maybe even more specifically pollution? 
Yeah, it, it's really um, the same, just at a much larger scale as what any one of us can do uh, ourselves, as what businesses can do, et cetera. Um, so it, it consists of solar. Um, so generating your own energy instead of paying for it. And like I was mentioning earlier, through the Inflation Reduction Act, cities are now can get 30% discount on that solar upfront. Um, energy efficiencies, I mentioned that earlier, partnering with other experts to uh, essentially guarantee savings for you, um, which are significant. And then third, I would mention uh, transitioning their fleets over to electric or alternative. And so again, the Inflation Reduction Act, as well as uh, the infrastructure uh, bill passed uh, now almost a couple of years ago, all of those provide significant savings, both for the vehicles and for the charging equipment. And so, and, and that goes from a range of light duty trucks all the way up to, uh, I think a latest example, for example, again, in Clearwater is converting, starting to convert over garbage trucks to electric. So that's not uh, in place yet, but I know that they're on their way. So um, all that is available for um, helping reducing carbon footprint, but also delivering savings. Uh, I want to ask you a question too. Is there right now, is there something that people need to latch on to that's uh, something that they need to really push to get done? Uh, like we were talking about follow the drama. Like for the government? Yeah. Anything that, that people can do at this moment in time? Yeah. I mean, this isn't going to be some dramatic answer from, from my point of view. Uh, uh, the the big thing that I'm trying to push is for as you can, and hopefully you can tell this uh, already is getting people better and better informed about what's available in the Inflation Reduction Act because there's so much available there and I find that people just don't know they don't either know what's available or how to take advantage of that so. Um, I think you're going to hear a lot more about that, hopefully, and it's something that we're going to be trying to do locally. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Kenny? So we just got about four minutes left, Brian. And uh, in addition to your volunteerism in the Sierra Club, you also serve on the Pinellas County Parks and Recreation and Conservation Advisory Board. Can you briefly tell us what those jobs involve? Yeah, uh, it's it's really not a large responsibility at all, but it's something that I uh, definitely feel like is important. Um, there, we, obviously, we have a parks and recreation uh, department and system in the county, and we've got some beautiful parks oh, um, yeah, up in the county, um, from beach parks and other uh, just all, all great ones. So. Um, we get to sit in, a number of us, each one of us appointed by a county commissioner and, um, you know, listen to updates, provide feedback. One example that we had come before us, our last two meetings is regarding uh, smoking on our beaches mm -hmm. for county beaches, uh, county park beaches. So that'll be something that's coming before the county commission to consider uh, banning smoking. Oh, that's great. No cigarette butts anymore. Those are horrible. So, yeah, so that's a that's a great example of something that can come out of that advisory board. 
Um, and it involves our, you know, Pinellas Trail, all kinds of other things. One thing I want to say is that if you're talking about parks and rec, I'm hoping that you guys are influencing them not to use Roundup in those parks because they use it like pro- a lot. And so uh, I just was, I just want to put that little seed in your, you know, in your growing pot there to try to influence them not to, to do other things, to organize, uh, you know, groups to go over there and hand weed because people want it. And I think that that would happen. Yeah, I'll have to ask them about that. Yeah, that's a big one. Thank you so much. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. All right, Brian, can you tell the listeners how they can get in contact with the Suncoast Sierra Club? Yeah, I think the easiest way, again, is, is go out there to our website. It's uh, Sierra Club, and it's the Suncoast Group. Uh, it's got uh, emails, uh, ways to communicate with us online. Um, and we've just got a, a fantastic group of volunteers uh, and leaders in our organization that are eager to, uh, to help people uh, find a, a great way that they can help. So is that a dot com? Dot org. Okay. So Sierra Club, Suncoast Group, dot org. Right. Thank you so much. You've been a, very enlightening to us today. Inspiring. Too. Inspiring. <laughs> That's right. It makes me want to go to LED lights, but I'm not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Give me some pink light bulbs. <laughs> well, thank you, Brian. We appreciate it. Yeah, that was Enjoy. great. Thanks for being on. All right, Annie, you want to read the conclusion? I sure can. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening in today. Uh, it was uh, it was very good. I like the show. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed the show and our weekly content, please go to WMNF.org, do- donating through the tip jar and directing your donation to the Sustainable Living Show. Stay tuned in the next hour, and you'll hear WMNF's Tampa's Monday Music with Flea. If you want to hear more public interest programming, switch over to WMNF's HD3 channel, The Source, and listen to today's Tom Hartman show live. Make sure to tune in next Monday morning at 11 for the next Sustainable Living Show. We will be talking about organizations that you can see at the Florida State Fair that highlight sustainability. We and have three lined up. We're so excited about Yes, it. we yeah. have uh, the Florida Florida's Cattlemen Association. We have the Rare Fruit Council of Tampa. And then we have uh, FFA advisor, the yes. Future Farmers of America yes. advisor. It's wonderful. So that'd be exciting. And you can follow our Facebook page, Sustainable Living, WMNF, to stay in the loop. And to listen to past shows, just go to listen on demand at WMNF.org. I am Kenny Coogan. And I am Annie Ellis. Remember, if you're looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. And you are listening to WMNF Tampa. Bye-bye. Bye.